reaching the least reached people groups with the gospel of Jesus and the ends of the earth. Let me read that one more time. We envision reaching the least reached people groups with the gospel of Jesus Christ in the DMV region, the ends of the earth. I'll just pause there. These vision statements are important to us because um, they keep us focused on what's significant, what's important to us. Uh, they allow us to plan our ministries and, and allocate our resources in, in right places. They help us to be focused on what God has for us rather than being scattered all over the place. And so today we're, we're going to talk about uh, vision state, statement number four, reaching the least reached people groups. So if you have your Bibles with you, the passage that we'll look at today comes from Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 11. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to go ahead and read that for us. If you have your devices, the Bible's open, please follow with me. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the last day, until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he, as he went, behold, Two men stood by them in white robes and asked them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Amen. This is the gospel. We'll pause there. Um, so we'll look at this passage, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Look how he starts. Look how this book starts uh, out. In, in verse 1, he says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. So the author, the writer of this book is telling us that there is a first part to what is writing here, right? He says, in his first book. So what is this author talking about? Well, he's, talking, he's referring to the Gospel of Luke. Both Luke and Acts are written to this man named Theophilus who was most likely an important Roman official. So it's written for the same person, and it was written by the same person, the, the disciple Luke. He appears in the book of Acts. He is traveling with Paul, planting churches. So Luke is, is a missionary. He's a co-worker with Paul. And Luke writes to Theophilus, part one, which is the gospel of Luke, and part two, which is book of Acts. Now in part one, Luke writes about what Jesus began to do 
while he was on earth. Right? So he is recording for us, and originally for Theophilus, but for us today, he's recording for us all that Jesus did while he was with his disciples, with his people. But part two, the book of Acts, is recorded, uh, it's a story about what Jesus continued to do um, after his resurrection and ascension by the Spirit through his disciples. So they're, they're, it's, these two are one story, right? Story of Jesus, what he did while he was on earth and what he continued to do after the resurrection and ascension by the power of the Spirit through His disciples. And so that's what we're reading here. So the question we want to ask is, what was the work that Jesus continued to do? Well, that comes in verse 8. Look at verse 8 with me. He says, but you will receive power. He's talking to His disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, this is what Jesus continued to do by the Spirit, through His disciples, being witnesses, allowing His disciples to uh, be witnesses, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And interestingly, when you follow, read the book of Acts and history, amazingly, this tiny group of people, uh, resources or very limited resources, they had no cultural power or political power, but by by the grace of God, by the power of God, they were able to flip the Roman Empire upside down within a few centuries. It was, the, the gospel spread so much that in in book of Colossians, Paul would write that, write this, as the, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. And so, I mean, that's the story of book of Acts, uh, book of Luke and book of Acts. Now, some of you might be asking, well, isn't this mission, be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, isn't that really for the original disciples, the, the 12 apostles? Um, the answer is no. It's, it applies to us as well. Because if you think about it, I mean, the, the 12 disciples, the apostles, the original apostles, could not have taken the gospel to the ends of the earth, right? And when we look at the, the book of Acts in chapter 8, there is this persecution that happens. And the 12 apostles, they stay in Jerusalem. But it's the rest of the disciples that they, they scatter. And in chapter 8, it talks about as they were scattering, they, they preached the gospel, right? And so this, this mission, be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, it's not just for the original 12 disciples. And actually, it's not just for the disciples in the first century. It's, it's for us as well. Because when you, when you look at, the book of Acts, it ends by, it doesn't end by something like the disciples uh, finished the mission from Jesus. It doesn't end that way. It ends with the Apostle Paul in Rome and in prison. Why would the book end that way? It's an odd, peculiar ending. It, it has the, the main apostle, Apostle Paul, was, was the missionary who went around, preached the gospel, planted churches, and, it, and he's in Rome. And he is uh, in prison, and he's writing letters to friends and co-workers. It ends that way. The question is, why does it end that way? It's as if the author, Luke, is kind of saying, well, this mission is to be continued. By who? By rest of the disciples, and, and ultimately by us. 
this mission to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth is for us today because people still lack the, uh, the good news. They, they still lack the opportunity to hear about God loving them and reaching out to them through His Son and rescuing them from sin and darkness and bringing them to the light. They haven't heard that message. So this mission still applies to us today. And so in some ways, that's why this church, Great Commission Community Church, was planted 21 years ago. A group of people felt called to plant a church in Crystal City or Pentagon City um, 21 years ago. And there's some amazing stories about that. The, the denomination that we're part of, Christian and Missionary Alliance, after the group of people, group of people uh, was praying and, and I think planted, they found out soon after that the denomination as a whole uh, or the district, they were praying about maybe planting a church right there in Pentagon City or Crystal City. That happened 21 years ago. Last, last summer, we kind of gathered and celebrated our 20th anniversary. And then and that's one of the reasons why we planted this side at Tyson's eight years ago. Because we want to keep on reaching people who are far from the gospel. This is for us, this, this great mission. Um, now let me share briefly uh, well, just kind of thinking about our vision statement number four, we do say we want to reach the least reached people groups. Uh, and we say that because um, the original mission from Jesus to the disciples, I mean, that was the, the crux of their mission, right? They were taking the gospel to places, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, to Samaria, to the end of the to people who haven't heard who, who did not know who Jesus Christ was, what he, what, who He was, what He did, what He accomplished. And so that's really the heart behind uh, the, the command, the mission, Acts, 1, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And so we want to take that, we want to continue to go to places where uh, people have very little access to the gospel. Like we want to we wanna be about sharing the good news where people haven't heard yet. Now, we can't do that on our own, right? We can't do that even as a one, one local church. We, we, we can't do that. We're part of a great big movement of God, and I want to talk about that in a bit. But that's sort of our vision. We, wanna, we want to we envision reaching the least reached people groups here in, in the DMV region to the ends of the earth. So I just want to share with you today how we've been trying to live this out here at our church and a few things that we are thinking about moving forward. So a few things. One, we had a partnership with a team in Spain for about 10 years. The team in Spain, they were reaching out to the Muslim background, northern Africa immigrants who landed in Spain in a city uh, called Terrassa, which was about 40 minutes from Barcelona. And so that was their mission field, and we got connected to them, and we supported them and prayed for them, and we went and visited them, and we had them come here and get to know our church. We did that for 10 years. We, had, we, had, we, took, we took families with little kids to Spain and, and fellowshiped with them, 
try to encourage them, love on them, serve them, cook for them, so that they will be strengthened and empowered to reach those who haven't heard about Christ yet. And that was our partnership for 10 years. I think many of us are new here, but who went to uh, Spain in this partnership here in this room? Anyone here? Anyone? There you go. See? There, look, yeah, there you go. We did, we did that for 10 years. Um, praise God. The reason why we did that, even though it was hard and difficult, and that mission field is a difficult mission field, is because we recognized that there was an opportunity for people to come to know Christ. The second partnership, we've been talking about this uh, for a while Cambodia, we are partnering with them now, and we are almost done building a, a medical clinic in a province called Stung Tleng, a place where very few believers, people, uh, a place where people are underserved in many ways, medically, yes, and so we're building a clinic there. Our prayer is that through this clinic and as Christians gather there, that that, P, that we would bless, that they would bless, and we would come with them, we would pray for them, give, so that they would bless the, the people in that community, and that they would come to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's our Cambodia partnership. Once the clinic is finished, which I think is happening this summer, we will somehow, we'll figure it out where we can celebrate with them, okay? But praise God that we, that, that God gave us this opportunity to do this. Uh, number three, we have a family in Central Asia who are reaching out to the unreached people group there. We have we sent Darren and Lynn to Indonesia, and they're there, um, again, trying to love and reach people who haven't heard the gospel yet. And uh, we hope to have more, more partnerships as we mature and grow as a church. Now, as we kind of look ahead, however, I think this is what I've been thinking about. However, as you know, uh, because of immigration and globalization and unfortunately displacement because of war, uh, there are people now uh, from parts of the world that have very little access to the gospel living right near us. Um, about 10 years ago, we identified a place right here in Falls Church, a place called Bailey's Crossroad, where there were a significant number of recent immigrants and refugees from parts of the world where they, again, had very little access to the gospel message. Um, I'm going to show you a slide here of Bailey's Crossroad. It's not, um, so this is, Bailey's Crossroad is just, if you take Leesburg Pike, Route 7, drive seven miles down. So on Sundays, you could get there in probably about 12 minutes. Seven miles down, that's Bailey's Crossroad. You cross seven corners, and it's right there. Um, so this is from, uh, this data is from March 2021. So it's about two years old. Uh, it's from Mapping Center for Evangelism and Church Growth a website called blesseveryhome.com. You can't read that at the bottom um, uh, words there, but this is what it says. These neighbor homes have probably never heard the gospel because they are from Central Asia, Southwest Asia, the Far East, and Middle East, Polynesia, and Southeast Asia. It's filled with people from parts of the world that they they don't have access to the gospel message, and they live 10 minutes from us. We've, we've, I've thought about this for about 10 years, and we've been back and forth going, trying some different things. Because of lack of uh, personnel and manpower, we were never able to sustain anything significant. 
However, uh, one of the reasons why we're bringing on Daniel and Grace, Grace Diaz is so that they can live here in this neighborhood. Uh, that's what they'll be doing. They'll be living here, and um, they, their plan is to go overseas to cross-cultural missions work in about three to five years. But during that time, they will be here with us. Uh, we will uh, train them, pour into them, pray for them. But they'll be here with us. And one of the main things that they will be doing is they'll be living in Bayless Crossroad, building relationships. And our hope is that in about two, I don't know, three years, that we will have a ministry plan of some sort where we, where we can have gospel impact in Bailey's Crossroad. Again, it's a place where it's, it's filled with people who are from parts of the world that they have no access to the gospel at all, but they live 10 minutes from us. It's an opportunity. So please be in prayer for uh, Daniel and Grace and our church community as we think and pray about how to best, um, yeah, serve uh, this, this community. All right, lastly, so how should we respond? Uh, and so just four really brief thoughts. One, we pray. God's people, that's all of our call. No matter who you are, you're called to pray. When Jesus saw the harvest field, it was, it was, it was filled, I and mean, he says the harvest field is plentiful. What does he say? He says pray that God, Lord of the harvest field, will send more workers. That's what Jesus calls us to do. We pray. That's, what, that's, that's like breathing for God's people. We pray. We pray so that God will move through us. So we're praying. <laughs> Even today, the pockets of people are praying outside. We're praying in here. God's garden with Erica. They're praying. We're praying. We're praying people. That's what Christians do. We read God's Word and we pray so that we can know His heart. So we're praying. We pray. That's number one. If you want to pray for missions, mission partners, what we're doing here, first Tuesday of the month over Zoom, we pray for missions. So come on out. Let's pray together because that's, that's how we gain a heart for God and a heart for people. I mean, think about the original disciples. You know the story, right? Jesus is resurrected. He is lifted up, and the original disciples are afraid. Right? They're, they're in fear. Now, how does this small group of under-resourced people reach the, their region, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the How does that happen? Well, it doesn't happen because of human intellect or human resources. No, it happens because of the power of the Holy Spirit. In the very few chapters in the book of Acts, that's what they are doing. They're gathering, small number of people, they're gathering. And he says they were devoted to the, the teachings of the apostle. They're devoted to fellowship. They're devoted to prayer. That's how this, this movement took place. So if you want to be part of this, what God is doing, in reaching people who are far from Him, delivering people from darkness to light, we begin by praying. So let's be a praying church. Number two, we continue to give. Um, the reason why we can build a clinic in Cambodia is because you gave. The reason why we can hire and bring on 
Daniel and Grace so that they can live in Bayless Crossroad? It's because you gave, because resources that we have because of you. And so let's continue to give. Be givers. Um, gen- we give generously and cheerfully. Let's continue to be a giving church. And I, I'll say this because not to boast, but just to encourage you. There are about 2,000 churches in our denomination, the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Uh, two years ago, our church was, I don't want to say rank it, ranking. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but we were ranked number 24. All right, okay, okay. That's pretty amazing, right? 24, like 24th. Out of 2,000 churches, we're not a big church, but I just want to celebrate your generosity, your giving. And whenever there's a surplus at the end of the year, we try our best to give it away. We give it away to our partners. We give it away so that we can build clinics like, medical clinics like in, in Cambodia. We try to give it away because we want to be good stewards with what God has entrusted to us. So we continue to give. Number three, we remain steadfast. When we read the story in the book of Acts, at almost every turn, the disciples face oppositions and at times persecution. That's what happens when we push darkness out. That's what happens when the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached. That's what happens. Our partners in Cambodia celebrated um, 100 years of Christianity in Cambodia, just this past, oh, this year. I got to see that online and just celebrated with them. Uh, but I think it's good to remember all the sacrifices that were made. Arthur and Esther Hammond and David and Muriel Ellison were the very first missionaries to Cambodia. Just, uh, so this is... Um, this family is the very first family, uh, Protestant missionaries, to enter Cambodia. They're a Christian Missionary Alliance um, family. Woo! Can I get a cheer? Woo! All right. They're part of our family. They're part of our family. But they were the very first family to enter Cambodia. Their main goal was to translate the Bible. It took them 30 years to translate the Bible to the, the Cambodian language. They finished their work in 1953. And that Bible, trans, that Bible, Cambodian Bible, are still being used today by most Christian Cambodian in, in, in Cambodia. The second family was uh, David and Muriel Ellison. Uh, they came, and their job was to plant churches and start Bible schools. And so they uh, started the very first uh, church in Cambodia. But they were almost kicked out many times. Then the World War II broke out, and they were in a Japanese concentration camp for almost a year in Thailand. Uh, they only got out because the government intervened. But after the war was over, they went back. <laughs> and when you read their story, it's pretty amazing. They went back because they sensed God kind of tugging at their heart. They went back, and they served, uh, and they raised their kids there. And their son, I think his name is David, David Ellison, I think recently passed away. And he talks about, he wrote a um, memoir to his parents. And it's a pretty amazing story. His father, David, so, uh, he, almost, he was captured, was threatened uh, with death, 
almost died multiple times, but escaped miraculously. I mean, these are the stories behind the church uh, movement, the Christian movement in Cambodia. And this past or this year, they celebrated 100 years, and there are now about 300,000 Christians in Cambodia. That's only 2% of the, the population, but still 300,000 uh, Christians, and all because of people's like, sacrifice. Whenever there is gospel movement, when we bring the good news to dark places, there will be oppositions and challenges. So I have no doubt that if we really want to bring the light of the gospel to places like Bailey's Crossroad even, down the street, we will have challenges. It will come. And that's why when you read the epistles, the letters from Paul, Almost every letter, Paul says, remain steadfast. Be immovable. Your work, your labor is not in vain. So friends, Christians, Great Commission Community Church, as we pursue vision from God, which is grounded in His Word, uh, let's stay the course and let's be steadfast. So that's with prayer, but even when challenges, oppositions come, we remain steadfast. Because that's, that's what happens. Lastly, really quickly, I just want to say, this, being part of this call, this mission, it's a great privilege. Our giving, our sacrifices, our praying, our serving, our leading, our building, takes a lot of work. But ultimately, they are all privileges because we are part of God's plan. We're living with God. We're doing His beautiful work. What a privilege. And the Bible tells us how this mission will end, doesn't it? I know many of you know this verse, but it comes from Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. It says, after this, I looked, and this is... The Apostle John has a vision of the, the, the end. He says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's our final destination. That's where we are headed. Every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, worshiping salvation belongs to our God. We are part of this story. This is our story. This is where we will end up. So friends, don't fret about marginal things that call for your attention and call for your resources and call for your time and call for your energy. No, this is what we're after. This is what we're about. We envision reaching the least reached people group both here in the DMV and to the ends of the earth because this is true. One day we will stand with people from every nation and tribe and, and worship our beautiful Savior, Christ. This is our story, friends. 
our privilege. So let's run after these vision statements. Let's, let's live for things that are eternal. Let's not be fooled and deceived into thinking that something temporal is important. This is God's voice. This is what we're about. All right, let's, let's pray. I want to give us some time to pray, and we'll have communion together. Um, we'll have our worship team come up and I'm not sure if this is for everyone, but this uh, verse came to my mind uh, this, this week as I thought about um, this, this sermon and, and our vision statement. In Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus looks at his disciples, and he says something that's really simple, but I think it's a good reminder for many of us here. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And the passage right before this is Jesus talks about how God cares for His people. God cares for the, for the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. And He says, why are you so anxious about things, what to eat and what to wear when your heavenly Father knows what you need already? And then he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So maybe that's a good uh, way to close and so, uh, say a prayer. I'm going to give us a minute to kind of pray, pray that. Um, I know that I often need to be reminded of things that are eternal because my life and my time and my mind is, gets crowded with so many things. So this morning, let's just remember this. Uh, the God's call for all of us to just really seek His kingdom first. 